Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. The clarion call is from the Father to you to come to Him. It says in the scripture that He waits for you in the secret place. And this is the aloneness that we have with Him that is so powerful if we're going to live the crucified life. I pray you'll respond to Him and His call to come to the secret place. And if being alone is something that terrifies you, my friends, He's about to set you free. So take a listen to these two episodes. And I pray that they will encourage you to go deeper with Him and to stay with Him and remain with Him and that He will be enough that you will decide, oh yes, He is enough for me. Love you all. All right, so let's just review for a minute. Remember now the separation strategy. The separation strategy of the enemy is do whatever you have to do to get them to separate themselves from him. That's what he did with Adam and Eve. That's what he continues to do today. Get them to separate themselves from the love of God, the love that is God. See, in everything, in everything, that's what the enemy was trying to do with Jesus. Whether he used 40 days in the wilderness to do it, whether he used his friend Peter to do it, no matter what. The entire point was get Jesus to separate himself out. That's what caused Adam and Eve to to lose it all. That's what would cause Jesus to lose it all. Not misbehaving, but separating himself out from the Father. If you will, that's what leads to all misbehavior. Behavior that misses, right, the shared life of Jesus, where there is behavior that corresponds with that new life. Romans 6 tells us that. But God always starts with life, not behavior. And we have this shared life with the Father. This is what he's always been after. So in everything uh, where Adam had failed, Jesus had to pass. You see, Adam forfeited his birthright. What, What would have come to him just by right of eating of the tree of life, Jesus himself, and, and it would have come to him then in that way, right? Adam and Eve said, no, no, thank you. We want to come over here where we take hold of it ourselves. We'd rather be God than be sons to God. Oh, the depravity of that. And in all things, Jesus said, that's okay. I'm just going to live off every word that comes out of my father's mouth. My father has a kingdom for me. Um, I'm staying with the father. I agree with the father, the love of the father. Even what I speak is not my own. It's from my father. Do you see how Jesus, he's just so repetitive, right? Because he was deepening, deepening in his abiding with the Father. And this is how we as human sons are called to live. Is that happening in your life? You see, seducers are more dangerous than persecutors, my friends. It's the opening line uh, in one of the, uh, I think the opening introduction or victory vignette of my book, From Trauma to Trust. The seduction, we all plan for persecutors, and if persecutors come, oh, we'll fight them to the death. No, no, 
The more up in God you are, the more seductive the enemy is, the more seducing he is. He's going to come with someone who appears to be really hungry for God, and then they're going to lead you astray to a, to a horse trough from hell. Oh, but it got your attention because they seemed to have this special knowledge from, from God. But they're a seducer. They're not real. Seducers are not real. They're, they're sent to seduce you away. But there had to be something left uncrucified, unjudged inside of you. Don't, don't look to find somebody to blame in your past. You let Holy Spirit reveal to you that which gives the enemy uh, any ground whatsoever to seduce you away. Because sons who cannot be seduced away, uh, like Esau, you see, Esau was a son that could be easily seduced away. Uh, the prodigal son, he was a son, doesn't mention him as a sinner. He was a son in the house of his father who simply said, give me my inheritance. I'm going to go spend it the way I want to. This is the state of the church in many ways. We have many sons who have taken their inheritance. They're highly favored and blessed of God. And they just begin to self-indulge because somehow they thought their blessing was like the end game. Right? And they, they've taken the world's bowl of stew because they squandered their inheritance upon themselves. So there's so much that has to be revealed about this to us through the process of real discipleship. I don't think that a podcast can <laughs> accomplish all that. No public pulpit can accomplish what I'm after. But this could herald the message. This could get your attention. This could cause you to awaken and to realize the seduction can only occur when there's that which is still within us that is still looking for something other than God to be the fulfillment of God, to be the fulfillment of life. You see, in the wilderness, Satan was tempting Jesus to prove who he was, right? Just come on out here and do it yourself. Come on out separate from the Father. Hmm? And you know, I'm sure if you're really loved by God, God will never let anything happen to you. See, the enemy loves to taunt the sons of God. Well, if God really loved you, he wouldn't let these things happen. When what we read a couple of episodes ago was that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hmm? Nothing. We didn't earn it. We're not going to be able to break away from it. Now, we can walk off and go and believe things that are a lie. And we have to face, ultimately, that you know, self and flesh would prefer a creature to the Creator. That's its nature. And if you've been out on the hunt, if you've been in full lust, and you've been out on restless walks by yourself looking for a human, oh, I assure you, hell will provide you one. And they may just look so godly in the beginning. Hmm? You just think, oh, this is it. That's why in my book I say, you know, my distraction had to come looking like my destiny or I would have never grabbed hold of it. I don't even want to cut any slack to my flesh and say, fall for it. Oh, no. Oh, no, I grabbed for it. Hmm? What I thought would be life to me. 
My friends, the the voodoo magic of hell is still operating on the sons of God when you think life is something separate from God or is a thing that God will give you. And if God withholds it from you somehow, God is keeping something from you. Do you hear the familiarity of that lie? It's the same one that he told to Eve. God's keeping things from you. You're going to have to go outside of God to get it, you know. And let me tell you, when that thing begins to unhook inside of you and unleash inside of you, oh, my friends, this is when I want to pitch the tent of God's divine love and protection over you. You see, this is tent talk, and that tent is what's spoken of in Isaiah 4. And it is a place of dual fires, the fire of God, I should say, of dual purpose. On one side, that fire of God is going to burn, sift, and judge everything that's not of him and expose it for what it is. And it's you who needs to see it. It's I who needs to see it. At the same time, that fiery love of God, it says, is also a place of divine love and protection. Divine love, not human love. You see, my heart is after all that God has been gracious enough and merciful enough to work in me. Oh, this is the clarion call. This is uh, what's out there. This is what the separation strategy of the enemy is trying to decimate. Hmm? Is Is that the Father will have sons who will say, no matter what, really say it. Really say it. Is the Father is enough for me? I can smell the seductions. I see them. Even the things of ministry and this and that. But I choose my Father. Out of the life of Christ in me, I share in the life of the only Son who has ever chosen the Father and His birthright of love and has chosen to remain one and to remain with Him to the end. That's Jesus. And I happen to share in the very life and nature of that Son, of the Son, and therefore my only hope is Christ in me that as I abide in that life and it breaks open more and more, I find the same characteristics of Jesus (laughs) are becoming my own. That's why there'll be no no boasting of myself, right? Because God has made me fully aware that only by my shared life with Jesus could I even speak like that. You see, I I know the enemy loves to taunt the sons of God. You know, God's going to let these bad things happen to you. God's going to let you go your whole life without being loved. You're never going to be married. You're never going to have this. You're never going to have that. Are you not tired of that taunting? Are you not tired of being terrified? To where eventually you say, Hey, devil, shut the hell up. I know my father and his love that he has for me. Take your bowl of stew and get the hell out of here. You see, at some point there's a jealous reciprocal love that begins to break out of a son who's truly being dealt with as a son. Not I should say that, and I wish I could say that. No, I'm going to tell you, that's what I'm saying. You see, what the enemy doesn't realize, because he is stupid. Only thing stupider than him is the flesh of man. 
that would keep falling for his ploys and schemes. What the enemy doesn't know, he didn't know this about Jesus, is that there was a son who loved the father as much as the father loved the son. This was the impregnable defense, if you will, of Jesus, the tent of the father's presence in him and around him, is that Jesus loved the father as much as the father loved him. You see, he knew he was loved, and therefore he was free to carry out the full will of the father. The father didn't have to pamper Jesus, spoil him, prove his love to him over and over and over and over again. Though he did prove his love for Jesus, Jesus wasn't there requiring it to be so. There was no attitude in Jesus of, what have you done for me lately, Father? Jesus knew he was loved. We must know that we are loved. You see, Jesus knew that the real temptation isn't for food, power, sex, any of these things. The real temptation was being seduced away from the Father, maybe by those things. They were just the the bait. Mm. You see, temptation, my friends, isn't about behavior. It's about dependency, about oneness, about abiding. What is under attack in this church, this house that they are building? What is called the church of the firstborn in Hebrews 12? What is under attack in the church? It's this love, this birthright of love. And there must be many dealings in our lives to bring his love inside of us into right order. Mm. Oh, my friends, hear his clarion call to you today. Come to me and allow me to love you. It is not a pitiful call from a desperate God. It is the bold, confident, clarion call of God to his people. Come to me. Come to me. And I will Love you. I will be your God and you will be my sons. I will be your father as I was to Jesus. And so it shall be that there will be sons on the face of the earth in this generation. See, we're only responsible for this generation and how we live now does set the course for the generations to come. I thank God for those in previous generations who paid their debt so very well. Because what does the word say? Owe nothing, owe nothing to anyone but love. Owe no debt. We are debtors to all men to pay forward that which the Father has put within us, that we ourselves experience with him. If you're not experiencing this with him, what are you passing on? Church attendance? What are you passing on? Smoke machines? What are you passing on? Beautifully put together church services where people leave applauding you and your staff. Come on, what are you passing on? Now look, within a good church service, God's life could be passed on. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. But my friends, we are those who are called in this hour now to go with him 
the same way Jesus was, the same way the early disciples and apostles and all were, and now this is our time. Come into the love of the Father. And whatever it takes for him to put love in right order inside of you, my friends, embrace him, stay with him, and let him accomplish it inside of you. Respond to the clarion call. Let the separation strategy of the enemy be completely exposed. And then take on a jealousy that is produced by the love of God coming to you, James 4, 5. And as Jesus lived... He lived loving the Father as much as the Father loved him. This is the mark of true sons. Then later they'll be found trustworthy and true. But my friends, we must grow up and mature in this love. That's the clarion call that I'm leaving with you now. Love you all. Until next time. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.